Cameron DeVazier. And I'm Mark Howard. And this is Talking Points. And Pastor Howard, we have arrived at Lesson 14 of this quarter, which you don't often get to say, Lesson 14 of this quarter. two in the year. Exactly. Well, we do often recently, but Ephesians in the Heart is the title of this week's lesson. So... I noticed that the read for this week is Ephesians the 1. The book of Ephesians. <laughs> exactly. So there's a lot to cover here. You put together our talking points. Kind of give us an overview. Where are we I'm headed? not sure what was going on with this lesson. If it was just that, that we needed, oh, we got 14. You know, can you imagine <laughs> that they're working together? 13 weeks. It's always 13 weeks. <laughs> oh, we've got another 14 week. What are we going to do? Hey, let's just recap the book of Ephesians. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of places you could go with this as a teacher. And uh, in me looking over the chapter, I've drawn some things from, I've actually drawn more from Ephesians than from the lesson, just to be honest. Um, Not that some of the themes that I saw were mentioned, but what the lesson does is it really just tries to recap. It's almost like if the lesson doesn't recap chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, chapter four, chapter five, chapter six. You'll forget that it happened or something. No, (laughs) somebody will say, hey, wait a minute, you left this out or you left that out. I don't know. And so your so goal was not to, to be exhaustive this week. No, I, I, when I looked at the book of Ephesians, what, what struck me is I feel like Paul starts out with a broad theme and in the beginning of Ephesians, and then he ends up with practical instruction based on the theme. Okay. And so I'll touch on that briefly, but I spend mo- I'm spending most of my time in the beginning three or four chapters. Kind of, of the Ephesians. big principles. Yes. That's where we're looking at. Okay. Well, we haven't even had a word of prayer yet, so let me do that, and then you can walk us through what our takeaway talking points are. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to study your word. Thank you for this book of Ephesians and the study that we've enjoyed this whole quarter. And now as we come to a conclusion, help us to have the principles that you're trying to teach to us embedded into our hearts and planted into our daily lives, that by your grace we may reflect you. So bless our study today, for we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we have how many talking points this week? We have three talking points. Okay. And uh, my introduction says, this week's lesson is a final review of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. (laughs) Okay. Straightforward. (laughs) Talking point number one, there was no other way humanity could be saved. Okay? Taken largely from Ephesians 1 and Sunday's lesson. Okay. Number two, we are complete in Christ um, that is building on Paul's in Christ theme and drawn from a little bit from Monday and Wednesday, mm-hmm. but primarily just from that theme of Paul. In Christ, we right. have redemption. In Christ, we have... It's a repeated yes. thread throughout the book of Ephesians. And other books from the Apostle. Sure. And then finally, talking point number three, our salvation is God's demonstration. Nice. And that's drawn from Tuesday through Thursday, uh, really looking at, um, well, we'll get, we'll get to that. Okay. Well, let's start back to number one. There was no other way humanity could be saved. I don't right. know if we often think about the fact that maybe God could have looked at alternatives <laughs> and this is just what shook out, but what do we mean by there was no other way? I don't think we think about it a lot. I think it's an assumption that we make and, and sometimes when you make an assumption, it doesn't impact you the same way. Mm. And so as I was going through chapter one, And Paul, you know, in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So you have the 
the before him, before the, or, or the, the choosing before the foundation. You have predestination, verse 5, which we've talked about. You talk about this mystery of God's will that, verse 9, that he made known, he made known to the apostles, makes known. So you have this, this mm-hmm. plan. That he purposed in himself. Right. Yeah, same so, verse. Um, the making known of the mystery of his will. So it was a mystery at one point in time, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a mystery to God. In mm-hmm. other words, the whole, it's not just an implication, it's explicit that God had this plan that we're finding out about and we're preaching to you now, but it was there. And it was there from before the foundation of the world. Well, and the establishment of that plan was not just always there and he had it hidden, but apparently he chose it. He purposed that it That's took right. some deliberative well, the thinking. Any, you know? any plan, you don't just have a plan. You come up with a plan. Yes. And so, you know, by implication, God at some point came up with a plan. Mm. And so you, you, you think about when we, you know... There are, when we don't have plans, you know, so I don't have a plan and some, some situation comes up and I've got to deal with it, you know. Um, you know, the, 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 the faucet on the sink breaks and water's going everywhere and you're like, what do I do? And you don't have the parts handy right there and you got to think real quick. That's an afterthought. Mm-hmm. But we know the plan of salvation wasn't an afterthought. So if you knew ahead of time something was going to happen, you would have the opportunity to process through, well, what are my options, mm-hmm. Right. And, and so, I don't know if, the, as I'm having this discussion with yeah. you now, it dawns on me that I don't often think about God thinking about things. Right. That I think, well, he's omniscient. He's omniscient, he knows. So he already knows. But could it be the case that God is omniscient in the fact that he has the mind capable of thinking every possible thought, but it still requires the active thinking of it? Like that God... I mean, we talk about the Bible refers to the Council of Peace, right? That there's this, and Sister White really mm-hmm. brings this out, that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? That there was this eternal council that they deliberated, like he purposed in himself. That's right. The, the God had thought together and chose something. I think that's just a fascinating concept. What is it that makes any sentient being just that? It's our ability to choose, it's to thinking. think and yes. choose. And so... God is not autonomic. You think about it for a minute. Like, he chose us. And I'm with you. It's like he's omniscient, but he he still had choices. Mm. And he didn't have to save humanity. True. And so as you're, as you're looking at that, at, at this passage, you know, I've got a statement there. If you want to read that, I may know him, page 18, it mm-hmm. talks about that, that the plan of redemption. She writes, the fall of man with all its consequences was not hidden from the omnipotent. Redemption was not an afterthought, a plan formulated after the fall of Adam, but an eternal purpose suffered or allowed to be wrought out for the blessing, not only of this Adam of a world, but for the good of all the worlds that God had created. Okay. So just making a thought or a point we've seen before, it was not an afterthought, which mean, but it was a thought. Well, also he, he had, had to think about how it applied to the other planets too, the other worlds, the other beings. Like, right. Not just how I saved man, but how did that then attach to? He's got to manage it right. all. So you take that from our perspective again, because we've all had that opportunity. Okay, if you do know something is coming up, whether whatever you have to plan for, anything mm-hmm. you make a plan for, you start to consider the variables. Yes. And when I've done that, I don't know the variables. I know. I know. I mean, in other words, I know some of the variables, and I have an idea of the outcome but I'm not God. Mm-hmm. So the, the, when I contrast that, God n- knew for sure 
if I do A, this will result. If I do B, this will result. Had the ability to go through who knows how many, every conceivable variable. Yes. And the only one, I, and, and you could say, somebody could say, well, how do you know it's the only one? He sends his only son to save us. Uh, was there another variable? Well, and we were talking in our, in our uh, you know, review here before we did this filming, when you come up with a, a plan, and I think I used the example of, of a house. Say you're, you and your wife found a house you wanted to buy, and you went through all the different variables of paying for it, and it came down to, look, we've looked at all the different ways, and the only way we could really do it is, is you know, this plan. Mm -hmm. But it's going to cost us, mm -hmm. you know, this much. When you get to that point, well... If you had two plans, it's going to, we got this plan, it's going to cost us a whole lot, but we can also do it this way and it's going to cost us far less. Which choice are you going to make? Or the cost less. Anybody's going to make the one that costs less. And I don't, just doesn't mean financial either. There are some decisions that cost. So if God had a plan that cost his son, certainly if there was an option that would have cost anything less, he would have done it. And we don't even have to speculate on this point because That's God exactly himself right. in the person of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane appealed to the Father. That's exactly Lord, right. Lord, if there's any other way, but not my will, but your will. So clearly in his humanity, in his, in his frailty encumbered by this flesh, he was looking at Calvary and thinking, you know, if there's a, if there's a plan B, if there's a C, a D, if there's That's any right. other way, but I'll still go with this if it's the only way. And the father continued down that path because, to your point, it's not just a plan. It's the plan. It's the That's only right. one that will work. It's the only one that would work. And this is, again, where God had the choice to say, no, it costs too much. Mm. And that's what we don't get. We're like, we're like, well, he did it and he knew it and he's omniscient and he, had to, mm -hmm. he didn't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. And so when Paul says he chose us in him, he could have said, no, that's too steep a price. Mm -hmm. So the idea of of this 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 is why Paul is so emphatic in what he's and just so jubilant in in writing about this mystery of God's will that's being revealed and thanking God for the faith of the people who are being enlightened by this plan and praying that God would further enlighten them because mm -hmm. this the, because of the, he understood the cost of this plan. Well, Patriarchs and Prophets, page sixty three, you have it in the notes. There says mm -hmm. none but Christ could redeem the fallen uh, man from the could redeem fallen man from the curse of the law and bring him again into harmony with heaven. By the way, in other contexts, mm. she talks about how angels offered to give themselves. She's right. like, no, no, but there's only one who can actually do right. this. So there it's either no sin way. Jesus or don't. That's it. She goes on to say, the plan of salvation had been laid before the creation of the earth for Christ is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Yet it was a struggle even with the king of the universe to yield up his son to die for the guilty race. So not only was there one plan that would work mm -hmm. and it had to be in Christ alone, but then there's the actual executing of the plan, doing it. Sending God him. had to choose to do it. Yes. But praise the Lord, John three sixteen. Mm -hmm. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Mm. It's almost again, too much to that, think about. And that's from a chapter that I would recommend reading in uh, Patriarchs and Prophets called The Plan of Redemption. Mm. And further in that chapter, she also says, The plan by which alone man's salvation could be secured involved all heaven in its infinite sacrifice. Mm. So what a powerful thought. There was no other way. But, and God could have chosen. There, well, 
And maybe that's not fair. There was another way. God could have just not done it. Well, there was but not there a way was to accomplish. No way humanity could be yeah. saved. There's, there's another Either way out for them. They're saved by this, or they're not saved at all. Well, it's like the parable of the wheat and the tares. You know, like, well, there's another option. We could just <laughs> get rid of the whole field, but right. he wasn't going to do that. Praise That's the Lord. Right. Praise the Lord for that. So that leads us to talking point number two. We are complete in Christ. Christ was the only way, and as Paul gives this thematic, you know, uh, in Christ, um, this he shows Jesus as. First of all, the model man, mm-hmm. like the human being, and we've talked about this already in the book of Ephesians, Jesus was the human being that never existed up until now. You yeah. know what I mean? The, the, no human being had ever revealed what humanity was supposed to be. He was literally a new man. That's exactly <laughs> Not right. just our new man, but just on the scene of existence. He was. And the, so, for yeah. example, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 11, the Apostle Paul says that Jesus, that God... Um, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished, which God accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, this eternal purpose, this plan we talked about, was accomplished, mm-hmm. p- finished, so, completed in the person of Jesus. So Jesus is the is the embodiment of that plan. That's like, right. so, th- so when Jesus came to this earth, he came with that plan, not only in mind, but also it was his whole purpose for even coming. Yeah. He was motivated. He was the embodiment, the manifestation of God's and wisdom. And so we want to know, like, what does it look like, mm. God's goal for humanity? There, it, there is it is manifested in Jesus. So he accomplished his plan in Jesus. Ephesians 2.15, in Christ, God created a new man. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we're talking about. So it's, it's, the, it's emphasizing, you know, we believe that in the person of Jesus, we have divinity and humanity combined. But the, mm-hmm. the, the new man emphasizes the human side of things where... In other words, it's a humanity that never existed, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. A humanity that's never lived in harmony with the law of God, it had been, had, that's been completely faithful to God. And so you see God in Christ creating this new man, pre- presenting this perfect humanity that's never existed. And then Paul builds on that to say it's in him as we come in contact and receive of that divine human nature. We become partakers of the divine nature, Peter says. In him we have redemption, Ephesians 1, 7. We have reconciliation and peace. He himself is our peace. Mm-hmm. We have our inheritance in him, Ephesians 1, 10 to 11, 2, 13 to 14. We have forgiveness in him, Ephesians 4, 32, even as God in Christ forgave you. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that language is pointing to the fact that, and I like how Paul sums it up in Colossians 2, 10, we are complete in him. Mm. Well, I was just going to refer to Colossians 1.19, where yeah. it says, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. So he is the, He's this the great big mystery, this big plan. He somehow put it all in Christ, yes. sent him, so that when we have Christ, we have not only everything. a path to heaven, but we have the power for victory. We have the model That's of the right. new man. Like everything is wrapped up in Jesus. He's the full package. <laughs> so our memory verse goes into Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. And it's funny how a lot of times it's Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. We talk about how it's grace. By grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And we stop it right there. And the lesson does bring this out. Like, what about this other part here? Mm. What does it mean? We know we're not saved by works, but what does it mean we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Well, where did he prepare him? He prepared him in the person of Jesus, where he accomplished the plan. Well, and it clearly seems evident to me that part of that plan 
mm-hmm. involves the result of the plan, which is in us, right? That's so right. if Christ is the vehicle for the plan, we are then the evidence of its success. And I think we're going to get to that later on, but that God purposed not only to send Jesus, but through Jesus to bring us back home. That's right. That the purpose would be accomplished when we returned or were restored. That's right. So we see Paul making the point that God created in Jesus a new man, Mm -hmm. but we also see here that then he creates us in Christ Jesus. Yes. So the new man is in Jesus. And then by that divine miraculous power, he creates a new you and me right in Christ Jesus. So the idea, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Mm-hmm. And it just, without getting bogged down in the details, is simply saying that Jesus developed a hu- new humanity that now through the new birth by connection with him, we can become part of that, partakers mm. of that new humanity instead of our old fallen humanity mm. and be restored to the image of God. In fact, I have the statement here. We've shared it many, many times um, from Education 15, if you want to read that, and we will continue to share it. It's just such a powerful statement. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't wear out, does it? To restore in man the image of his maker, to bring him back to the perfection in which he was created, to promote the development of body, mind, and soul, that the divine purpose in his creation might be realized. This was to be the work of redemption. This is the object of education, the great object of life. And I, Pastor Howard, as we're looking at this, and I see to the divine that the divine purpose in His creation might be realized. That's right. You might think, well, what she means there is the divine purpose in His redemption, because mm. Adam was perfect once, and we're just trying to get back to that. But it strongly implies that Adam never fully attained exactly to what right. God originally intended him to do, or he wouldn't have fallen. Or he wouldn't and, fall. And, and yeah. I say that from the from the from the grand, grand you know perspective of Scripture, and we can say, well, same with Lucifer and what have you. But the picture we have of the redeemed is when this plan of redemption has completed, mm-hmm. there will never be another fall. Amen. And that's, I think, implied in that idea of the divine purpose of His creation. Right. So that Adam, so never, though he hadn't sinned until he did, of course, mm-hmm. even in his sinlessness had not yet attained to all that God intended for him. And so Christ, through Christ, he wants to restore us to that Adam. And then like, all right, let's pick up where we left off and keep this growing throughout all eternity. Absolutely. And it's it's a theme that could be discussed and and really contemplated for eternity. It's it's so rich. And it will be. (laughs) Science and song of the redeemed through eternal ages, we're told. So we are complete in Christ. Jesus is that new man, and it's only through our connection with him and being in him that that we attain that redemption. Mm. And then um, talking point number three is our salvation is God's demonstration of picking up again in Ephesians 2, verse 10. We are his workmanship. Yeah. Now you think about that for a minute, and and we're going to see other texts in this. But what does it mean to be his workmanship? In other words, what we are as redeemed human beings is a you know when you talk about workmanship, what are you thinking of? Anytime you talk about somebody's workmanship, it's it's their craftsmanship. It's the stuff it's, they made. <laughs> I mean, you don't even when you when we use the terminology workmanship, it's it's. It, it, in my mind, it evokes, I'm looking at, mm-hmm. I'm, be, I'm able to witness somebody's, um, uh, what do I want to look at? Their, their, their skill in craftsmanship. Yes. Well, and you think about like an artist or a craftsman or something, those are principles, like artistry is a yes. thing that's inside of you, but 
I don't know anything about. I can't connect with it until I see it actually performed, right? The skill of a craftsman is seen in the furniture, in the work that's that's built. And so God, it's not like we make God good or anything, but we are the evidence that God, his plan, his purpose, that Christ's sacrifice actually is effective. And to your point, that our salvation is God's demonstration, not of us, but through us of him. That's right. And in just a few passages, I mean, there's a, like in Ephesians chapter 117, uh, in fact, verse 116, it says uh, that Paul doesn't cease to give thanks, making mention in his prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So he wants them to have the understanding of revelation, you know, Mm -hmm. the truth to be revealed to them. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of the calling, etc., uh, in, in his context, he he goes on in verse 20 to say, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So Christ, in this context, was a demonstration. He wants them to mm-hmm. see that and gather from that that, that's a, you know, God is in this, God demonstrates what he wants us to see, what he wants us to become. And mm-hmm. we see it first in the person of Christ. Um, well, in chapter 2, then, in verse 7, yes. it says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So the same Jesus who he sent in all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, right? Now, that workmanship that we are, the result of Christ's work, would be seen. That it might be, what is it, verse 7 again? That in the ages to come, he might show That's the right. riches of his grace So that doesn't just us. end here. Mm-hmm. In the ages to come, there's going to be this ongoing display, if you right. will. And where is it? It's seen in Christ, but it's like saying, well, how do you see the work of the artist? Well, you see it in the art. That's right. And we are the art. We are the, the we craftsmanship are his according to, that's, that's what he says point. in verse 10, that we are his workmanship, that he's going to show forth. And people who oppose this concept say, oh, you're trying to, you think you can vindicate or validate God or some sort of give him credit. No, I'm saying that God in his mercy and his wisdom has chosen us to be the canvas of his grace. That when we're good, it's not showing off us. It's showing off his goodness that he's transformed us into his image. Right. Unless somebody would argue it, this is simply Paul's point. I mean, this is, you can't go through Ephesians without seeing that Paul's trying to say that this great plan is being demonstrated. uh, The clearest spot in, in Ephesians, the heart of it is in ch- uh, chapter 3, verse 8, mm. where Paul says, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and make all see mm-hmm. what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Christ Jesus, to the intent. Like, my gospel ministry, everything that God did, this is the intent. This is what he was aiming for. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Mm. Now, and the, there are some who would who would argue, and in fact, I think you mentioned the lesson might even alluded that the, the principalities and powers refer to the wicked powers, but it's not limited to the wicked powers. That's We've right. already studied this this quarter. That's right. Like Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all unto myself. Now, the Bible says all men, if you look at the word men, it's supplied in this mm-hmm. He, in his inspired statements, make this point that Paul's making here that this, what's happening in humanity Mm -hmm. is a lesson. I mean, to say different would be to say that the great controversy only involves this earth. 
Yeah. Honestly. We know the great controversy involves the universe, involves even the angels in heaven had questions that continued on. There's only one question left. We're, we're told in the book Desire of Ages yeah. that any questions about God's character were answered at the cross. Their That's final right. question is, are you able to save these people to the point where they're safe to bring back up here again? Well, and I want to be clear. I think, and it, I'm telling you, yeah. if I was living in heaven and you were moving into my neighborhood, you legit like, question. Falling, it's a legit question. But you think about that. Clearly, there were questions about Lucifer and That's Christ exactly at right. the very beginning because they didn't understand. But Calvary was the epitome, the final. Nothing else can be shown, and so the. Sister White makes this, I believe it's Desire of Ages 671 in the It Is mm-hmm. Finished chapter of yeah. Desire of Ages. Another that good one statement, to read. Yeah, there's another reading assignment. But that statement, It Is Finished, she says, was specifically for the heavenly universe to consider. They had watched Satan. They had, Why was he even cast out of heaven in the first place? It's to show, that because God could have destroyed Satan well, immediately, but he had to put it on demonstration. And when he does that, when Christ manifests that wisdom of God and sacrifices himself, all the answers about the destruction of Satan are complete. That's right. But, she says, yet Satan was not then destroyed. Right. And she goes on to talk about... questions. Exactly. So I don't want to get into that whole harangue there, but... But the point is that This is, I think, Paul's point in Ephesians. This is a... What he's doing, we're his workmanship, and he's displaying that his plan of salvation actually works. Yes. Uh, Ephesians, not Ephesians, 1 Corinthians 4.9 is is a fantastic text making the same point. In fact, kind of what you were just saying, Paul says, For I think that God has displayed us, the Mm -hmm. apostles, last... As men condemned to death, for we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. So it's mm-hmm. not limited to this world. And that word spectacle literally means a theater. And Ellen White has a fantastic statement in Testimonies, Volume 6, on this. Uh, and, and the point isn't just, the point is that all through the ages, the plan of salvation in every age on this earth, what God is doing to transform human lives and bring them back to his original plan has been a demonstration, mm. if well, you would read it. Well, before we read that statement, mm. you, you brought up this passage, Ezekiel 36, verse 23, yes. where God, and this is Old Testament to so ancient Israel, but it's the same idea, says, And I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst, and this nation shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I am hallowed in you before their eyes. That's right. And this goes back to Deuteronomy when he says, follow my rules carefully I mean, because this is your statement. wisdom. Like they'll know it when they see this. As right. if if they don't see this, they're not going to really know it the way they should. Right. And to my point, and I think this is where the statement that Sister White's going to make, she's thinking yeah. of the statement where Moses gives them, says, carefully observe these statutes, these commandments in the land because this is your wisdom in the right. sight. The nations will nations. see it and they'll say, what great... Yeah, and you would think, oh, that's just for these nations. But the statement from she actually does quote it in in the context, but we haven't included Deuteronomy four five through eight for space. But right. it's in yeah. But she says here, um, sixty one uh, page thirteen. All right, the purpose which God seeks to accomplish through His people today is the same that He desired to accomplish through Israel when He brought them forth out of Egypt by beholding the goodness, the mercy, the justice, and the love of God revealed in the church. The world is to have a representation of His character. And when the law of God is thus exemplified in the life, even the world will recognize the superiority of those who love and fear and serve God above mm. other peoples on the earth. Yeah. And she quotes there Deuteronomy, right? Yes. And she says, even these words fail of how broad God intends this to be. She goes on, brethren, we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. 
What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God? And of course, that mm-hmm. goes to Second Peter 3. But sh- her point is that what Moses was saying in the Old Testament, clearly what we just read in Ezekiel, That's right. what Paul is saying here in Ephesians, what Peter was talking about in Second Peter, this is a theme throughout Scripture that God has this eternal purpose. He, it, was, it was put into practice in Christ, and the workmanship, the evidence of it, is going right. to be seen that it works in the people, in the church. That's right. Mm. The plan is effective. <laughs> mm. And uh, I believe that this, this foundation that we looked at was Paul's impetus for going on in Ephesians to give the counsel he did to uh, be submissive one to another. And for parents, uh, husbands and wives, and parents and children, and servants and masters, and putting on the armor of God, like, we are a demonstration of God. And so let's be faithful and let's, mm. you know, put on all our armor and stand. Don't retreat so that God can accomplish the purpose that he's designed to accomplish mm. through you and me. Amen. So that's where I went this week. And if you notice, we start talking faster there toward the end. That's because we see our clock going and it happens sometimes. You can do that in class too in Sabbath school, by the way. People say, why are you talking faster? Because my time's almost up. <laughs> but there is a concluding statement also from the plan of redemption chapter of Great Con- or, uh, Patriarchs and Prophets. Uh, Cameron, if you could read that. Sure. Says, God gave his own dear son, one equal with himself, to bear the penalty of transgression, and thus he provided a way by which they might be restored to his favor and brought back to their Eden home. Christ undertook to redeem man and to rescue the world from the grasp of Satan. The great controversy begun in heaven was to be decided in the very world, on the very same field that Satan claimed as his. Amen. And Jesus came off as victor, and by grace we will come off as victors as well. Amen. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jesus. And thank you for the plan that Jesus fulfilled in his sacrifice and current intercession for us. And Lord, help us to be your workmanship. Help us never to boast in our own strength, for we have no strength, but let us be your your medium to show forth your glory. Change us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.